Welcome to the Quilter Circle Podcast. From piecing to quilting and everything in between, this podcast brings you tips and techniques from the experts and fun stories from quilters just like you. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Quilter Circle Podcast. I'm Ashley Huff, and today our special guest is Andrea Smith of Happy Cloud Creation. So thanks for being here, Andrea. Thanks for having me. Of course. So first off, tell us a little bit about yourself and about Happy Cloud Creations. Well, I'm Andrea. Um, Happy Creations is my business. I started it in 2011, um, about a year after I had my son. Mm -hmm. I make, it started out first as just handmade items, and then it kind of evolved over the last couple of years into patterns, uh, digital patterns, and recently paper patterns. Do you have a uh, a favorite of the things that you have created or that you produce right now? Um, Lately, I, I'm really enjoying the quilt patterns. Mm -hmm. I always go back to pot holders because they're a quick and easy, kind of like a quilt, you know, yeah. but you just make one block. And um, But I have been enjoying designing quilt patterns lately. Perfect. I, I love quilt, um, pot holders too. I think they're the perfect practice a new stitch, practice a new quilting motif, something like they are the perfect practice project. I love yes. them. You can make like pest blocks and use them for pot holders. Yes. Yes. Perfect. Um, is there a story behind the name Happy Cloud Creations? Well, my son's name is Cloud. And mm -hmm. when I was trying to think of a name, um, he actually got a gift as his little, his cousin. Um, it was probably like eight. He had made him a wooden cloud and it had this huge smile on it and we called it his happy cloud and I'm like, oh happy cloud creations that's that's a good idea perfect how how old is he now um my son or mm -hmm. yeah um he is he'll be 10 in april does he know like does he get that he was sort of the inspiration behind your business name does he associate that together at all he does he um says he's going to work for me when he grows up so perfect does that mean he knows how to sew and quilt and he's getting into all things fabric? Started. Yeah. He has started um, just sewing. Like he made a little bag and we started um, making aprons. Mm -hmm. We haven't quite finished them. Um, we cut out all the pieces and started. So him and my daughter were both um, making aprons. So. Oh, that's perfect. You know, I think it's good to get him in sewing young. Yeah, I, I agree. I learned at a very young age. Uh, I'm not sure when, when did you start sewing and quilting? How long have you been doing it? I started sewing, I think I was like, hand sewing was probably 10. And then I started using the machine around 11, 12. Mm -hmm. um, my mom was kind of nervous for us to use her machine because it was really touchy. Mm -hmm. So my dad had bought us, uh, me and my sister, our own machine, which was like a heavy duty um, school one that he actually bought at an auction that was from a school. So it was like perfect for, uh, yeah. Perfect. Yeah. I remember I used to be definitely under direct supervision. Like I would be sitting on my mom's lap, like, and she would, you know, have her hands around and on top of mine to make sure only fabric was going to be sewn. <laughs> no fingertips. <Yeah>, right. <laughs> so do you have, what is your like first memory of being in front of a sewing machine or doing, you know, cutting or cutting out a pattern or, or like that? What's your first sewing or quilting memory? Um, my first sewing. So I started out sewing, um, like before machine was just like Barbie doll clothes by hand, you know? And mm -hmm. then when I started sewing at a machine, um, we went and got 
pajama patterns Mm -hmm. and flannel. And I just remember um, I was probably 11, 12 and my sister's two years younger than me. And I was going super, super slow, you know, (laughs) and then she's over there like pedal to the metal. So I don't know if that's age difference or what. She just had no no regard for like, just want to get it done and wear these pants. Yeah. She's like, eight. Like, ah. <laughs> I love it. That is a, I mean, a good and a bad reason to, you know, teach kids young. Like they don't necessarily have a fear of the machine, which is, which is kind of bad because you want them to know that it's a, you know, could be a dangerous machine, but, but really that's the best time to get them super excited about it. And it's even better if you can make a project that you can wear as soon as you're done. Yeah. Yeah, it's funner. And then picking out your own fabrics for your pajamas. That was fun. Yes, yes. I love it. Well, so that was sort of your first sewing project. Um, You said quilting kind of came later, but what was your first quilting project? It was actually shortly after that. My mom had um, pulled out a quilt top that she had started, which was um, just like uh, scraps of clothing she had made because she made a lot of her own clothing. And mm-hmm. so um, I saw that and I was like, oh, that looks like fun. And so I was probably like 12 and I just cut out a bunch of flannel squares and sewed them mm-hmm. together by hand. Um, yeah. And then she let me finish it on the machine. So that was about when I was 12. So it's really rough looking. <laughs> um, <laughs> but after that, I was like more of a preteen teenager and um, my sister did a sewing class in school. And she actually learned the basics of quilting. So she came home and she taught me like half square triangles and the rotor mm-hmm. cutter and the mat and everything. So I actually still have that quilt. I was making it for my twin size bed when I lived at home. So uh-huh. it's fun to see that because it is made out of um, scraps of skirts and dresses that me and my sister made. So it's oh, like, perfect. Oh, that was one of my skirts. That was my sister's skirt. <laughs> um, so it's a cool memory quilt, you know? Yeah, that's perfect. Have you ever done other memory quilts? Like uh, I know a lot of people make them out of, you know, baby clothes and things like that. Have you ever, is that your one and only memory one or have you done more? Only memory quilt. And it's mostly just all cotton fabric. So a lot of times people will approach me asking, Oh, do you do that? And, um, I'm kind of leery about sewing different fabric types together, Mm -hmm. you know, because they, jersey print or you know yeah uh, so I've not attempted that yet yeah that definitely can be tough especially when you don't necessarily like if someone is going to bring you say like a bag of stuff like you don't even really know how how it's been kept if it's been laundered if it's going to shrink like any of those things so yeah that can be tough to just blindly put together (laughs) random yeah cutting their precious memories yeah yeah you don't (laughs) at least you know you can sew so you can somewhat put it back together (laughs) perfect yes um, what I want to talk a little bit about sort of, uh, your process when it comes to quilting. So what is your, the tools that you like to use? What machine do you have? Do you have other specific tools that, you know, I have to have my Ulfa rotary cutter or things like that? I guess I'm not super picky. Um, I have a Janome, it's a Janome heavy duty. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a mechanical machine. So when I bought this a couple of years ago, I previously had a mechanical machine for 13 years. So I was kind of nervous about getting a computerized. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I went with that one. It's it's 
do it does really well. Um, the only thing I wish it had a larger throat. Yeah. Um, so next machine, I will definitely make sure it has a larger throat. Mm-hmm. My favorite tools, I guess. Um, I just use Fiskar. I've had that one for years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love a hair marker for marking yes. out my um, half square triangles, my flying geese, any lines, because then you don't have to worry about it washing out because it's just a mark in the fabric. And then I also like using that for my quilting lines as well. Yeah. Um, so it, so I know a lot of people uh, don't necessarily know what that is. So I know it's going to be hard because you're just going to have to d- describe it with words, not show it. But yeah. like, what is it? So it it's just kind of looks like a kind of plastic butter knife, but it's mm-hmm. a little bit larger, I guess. Um, and it just kind of forms a little crease in your fabric and a little indent, and it'll last for several days yeah. um, on some prints to see the line when you're sewing. But most solids and most prints, um, you can see the ni- the line pretty well. Some people just use like a doll butter knife, like that back side of the knife. Um, but I actually went and bought that because I didn't, you know, I worry about a knife like cutting your fabric. <laughs> Right. Yeah. No, I was going to ask you if you had to do it. So obviously if you have a marking pen or pencil, you're doing it on the wrong side of the fabric. Does it matter which side of the fabric you're you're actually doing the hair marker on or the hair marking utensil? It's better if it's the one that like on the wrong side of the fabric, if the one, the side that you're going to be looking at. So mm-hmm. it's better to do on that side. Gotcha. Okay. Perfect. I know you've mentioned that a couple of times I've talked to you and I keep meaning to go get one just to try it out. And I have yet to do that because I am just a grab whatever marking pencil or pen like from my office that I have and just hope that I don't, you know, ruin the fabric. <laughs> well, yeah, I was just getting so frustrated with um my disappearing ink ones drying out so fast. Oh, yeah. So mm-hmm. when I saw that on Instagram, people using it, I was like, I have to try that because yeah. it just felt like, um, especially when you do, like I was making a lot of coffee cozies and I think yeah. when you draw on the cotton batting, it just absorbs that ink so fast. Oh, yeah. The hair marker was, okay, this is much better. Perfect. And that's like the best way to find like fun new tools that you might not, I mean, you can go to a a quilt store or a fabric store and just kind of look at everything. But to see, say somebody on social media using something, uh, I feel like that's sort of what triggers like, oh yeah, that I could, I could practically use that, you know? Um, Yeah. Like the walking foot. I had never learned about the walking foot until, um, I saw someone using it on Instagram really? uh, because I'm a self-taught learner, yeah. a self-taught filter, yeah. and my machine didn't come with one. Um, oh. So I was like, whoa, that is awesome, you know, because if you're just using your presser foot, it's a lot more difficult to straight line quilt. Yeah. But with that foot, it makes it so much easier. Absolutely. I have a walking foot on my brother machine. It's just like the loudest contraption I have ever used. I like it makes so much noise when I'm when I'm sewing with it. I'm just like after a while I have to just stop because I just like I need a little break. I need some quiet. Yeah, I have to like shut the family room door so that the kids can't hear it if they're sleeping. <laughs> yeah, <work>. right. Yes. <laughs> um, so speaking of that, because you you mentioned you have you have two kids, do you find when do you do your your quilting? Do you try to do it say when they're at school? Are they I don't want to say, do they come bother you while you're quilting, but are they, are they in there? Are they hindering your quilting progress in any way? Yeah. So most of the time I do my quilting, um, before they wake up, Mm -hmm. um, 
they both just started school this year in September. So I'm kind of trying to get used to not having kids at home because it's right. home last year all year. And so now it's just kind of like, okay, I need to get in a schedule where I can get quilting done during the day. Um, yeah. I've been able to find a few days here and there, but because um, when they are home, they're like, hey, mom, I want to sew, <laughs> which is an awesome right? thing, but sometimes it's like I need to get a project done. And so yeah. usually I try to do it when they're sleeping or gone just so that um, they're just not like, oh, I want to sew. It's like we can do that right. every time, you know? Yeah. You just kind of want to get in your groove and go. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of getting excited. My son is two and I'm yeah. hoping that maybe in like a year or so he'll be, he'll want to help to the point where if I have say a stack of half square triangles I need marked, I can like get him to do that part. Like I want to, I want to put him to work, but in like little, little things. Yeah, they like grabbing pins for you. They'll help. Oh yeah. He know. does that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So yeah, we're getting them all in there young for sure. So we've talked about a couple of things that you've learned from, say, social media, walking foot, the hair marker, things like mm-hmm. that. But what would be the best quilting tip that you've learned, either from someone who you know has personally taught you or something you just saw, again, scrolling through social media or something like that? I guess it would be another tool. Um, mm-hmm. uh, spray-based. I love spray-based. I know a lot of people yeah. don't like spray-based because of the fumes and the overspray. But mm-hmm. um, when I used to pin, it just seemed like the back would always end up with a couple crinkles in it and mm-hmm. spray based. Um, it's like perfect. Like I don't have to worry about the fabric shifting at all. And right. it just comes out way better. Do you spray the the front and the back of your, your batting? So do you base it to your backing and then also to your quilt top? Yes. So what mm-hmm. I do is I tape the backing down on the floor and then mm-hmm. I spray the batting back and I, smooth that out. And then I, um, spray the batting and smooth the quilt top onto that. So kind of the same process as pin basing, but you do each layer separately. Mm -hmm. Have you ever used fusible batting? No, I haven't. Um, I have heard about that and was wondering if it was any good. Um, I have not used it yet either. I was trying, that's why I just was going to see if you had, I was kind of want an unbiased uh, review from somebody yeah. if they had used it. Cause I'm not sure, you know, how sticky it actually is, if it, you know, works really well or not, but that would be a fun one to try out. Yeah. No, and I also saw recently there's like this powder you sprinkle on it and you iron it and it's supposed to fuse it. Um, yes. But I'm curious about that one as well. We definitely, so I have seen somebody use that. We have another instructor on National Quilter Circle who used to use that stuff all the time. And I'm blanking on what it's called, but she would use it for mosaic applique, like where it was just, she has a backing fabric and you're just doing layers of fabric. So I don't know that she's ever used it with batting. So I'm wondering if, you know, the sprinkles might like sink too much into batting, Mm -hmm. but that would be another, another fun one to try. I feel like the world of fusibles, there's quite a few products out there. Yeah. All right. I want to know what your sewing space is like right now. And if you could create a dream sewing space, what would you add to what you already have? Well, right now, since our house is kind of small, um, my sewing space is in the family room. So it shares Mm -hmm. the area with the office and all the game storage. And so if I were to dream up my own, it would be a dedicated room just for myself. (laughs) Right. That might make it easier to get stuff done when your kids are wanting to sew too. (laughs) 
Yes. Um, just more space would be nice, you know, dedicated room. Yeah. So I don't have to share it. <laughs> yes. That's my, I said this before, my, my favorite thing about, I currently have a dedicated room. I don't know how long I'm going to get to have it. I don't think it's going to be a forever thing, but yeah. I like not having to clean up in between projects because I am not a clean quilter by any means. <laughs> There's stuff everywhere. Yes. Cause I used to find your table all the time. Um, and then I, my husband bought me a nice big desk that I could put in the family room. Cause when you do it on the dining room table, you have to clean up every single time. Yeah. Um, so, which makes it a lot more difficult to get into the mood to sew, you yeah. know? So if <laughs> right. you have your own space, it's a lot easier to just, you know, run out there, sew a little bit, leave it where you're at and then yes. come back to it later, you know? Yep. My favorite part is to just leave the mask, just close the door. No one's going to see it. I'll, I'll clean it up when I'm done with the project. <laughs> I still kind of do that, but I think it bothers <laughs> my husband a little bit. <laughs> well, just to ask him to look away. Fabrics everywhere. <laughs> Perfect. Well, just tell him he needs to get in there and help. He can start, you know, doing this quilting too. Yeah. So um, we talked about, you know, you're getting your your kids into quilting early, but so say there's, you know, somebody who is later in life, just somebody who's thinking, you know, I maybe I want to pick up quilting right now. Like, what is some sort of either inspirational tips or motivational tips, what would you say to somebody just wanting to get into quilting? I definitely think it's worth a try. Um, I think it's a lot of fun. And if you, you know, don't go for that most um, <laughs> difficult looking pattern, go with a beginner mm -hmm. pattern and something that is a little on the easier size and side and don't mm -hmm. go for a king size because right. I've seen people like try a really difficult pattern and it's like the biggest pattern. Um, go for something little, just make your yeah. friend a baby quilt, you know? And that's what I, after I made my own, I, I was just making bunches of baby quilts for all my friends. And mm -hmm. it's, it's a lot of fun. I would do it. Um, you don't have to be perfect at first. Nobody is. Uh, yeah. Just try your best and, you know, it's relaxing and fun. I would say go for yeah. it. Yeah. And absolutely. I mean, nobody's perfect at the beginning. And I don't think that everybody, somebody who's been doing it for 30 years is perfect all the time either. People make mistakes all the yeah. time and just learn from it and try not to do it again. <laughs> well, and I feel like if you try to be too perfect, sometimes it's too stressful. And, yes. you know, if you have to keep unpicking something because it's not perfect, you're not going to have fun and you're not going to want to do it. So, right. you know, yeah, best at your capabilities, you know, just do the best yes. you can. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. Speaking of picking something out, because that is definitely by far my, I think everybody's least favorite activity, mm -hmm. but have you ever just made a project and like thought everything went together, like technically everything went together fine, but then you stand back and you look at it and you just really don't like it? Um, there's never been a time that like a top I just didn't like, but there's been times that I've started quilting something a certain way and I just mm -hmm. didn't like the quilting. So I've had to unpick the quilting because it just wasn't right for that um, quilt design mm -hmm. or like I just thought, oh, this is going to take forever. <laughs> so I'd be better off doing it a different way, you know? Right. So do you quilt on a long arm? Do you quilt on your standard machine? How do you quilt? I quilt on my Janome heavy duty. Um, I mostly just use my walking foot. I haven't tried mm -hmm. motion quilting yet. Um, I do have a foot, but I still just have not taken out and gave it a try I would be cool to do a long long arm eventually um, yeah if I if 
find the space. <laughs> I do. I also, I also don't have space for one, but I do think it would be fun. I'd have to, I need a dream quilting house, not a room. And I'll have like a sewing room, a long arm room, a yes. <laughs> room for everything. I guess why, why has made you not just put that free motion foot on and go for it up to this point? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> My feet just like, I'm worried that I will try it out and it'll ruin the project and I'll have to unpick it all. So oh, yeah. um, my plan is to just make like some po- um, placemats for my mm-hmm. table and test it out that way. That way, you know, if it looks ugly, it's just placemats for myself and yeah. not a quilt. But, you know, I'm going to be showing everyone. Right. <laughs> You'll cover it up with the, the dinner plate. You don't even need to yeah. see it. It's perfect. So, okay. So you make pot holders, things like that. You obviously made a fair number of quilts in your day. Um, as somebody who makes a bunch of quilts, what do you normally do with them? You can probably only have so many in use at a time. So what do you do with the rest of them? Um, well, last year, my goal was to make a throw size quilt for all of my siblings and all my mm-hmm. husband's siblings. Okay. And um, I'm one of four and he's one of four. And oh, wow. so I was able to do that. I made them all throw size quilts and um, I gave both my parents their own quilts and both his parents their own quilts. So that's what I've done with a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I make a lot of baby quilts also. So I actually, I've given them away as presents, obviously. And then um, I put them in my Etsy shop mm-hmm. uh, for sale just because I can't just have a stack of baby quilts. <laughs> I don't plan on having any more it's good to have a couple on hand, you know, because you never know, but like yes. maybe not a bunch of them. All right. Well, that's always a fun thing to just know what people do. I know I have a, a stack of them that I keep thinking I'm going to do something with, but they like either don't match my decor or I didn't want them out or I've done honestly a couple of them and they've just turned out really good and I don't want somebody to sit on it. <laughs> so I just like keep it away. But um, we talked about this a little bit before, but do you have a favorite block or a favorite thing to make? Well, I was all about the half square triangle. <laughs> and then like mm-hmm. I'm loving flying geese. Um mm-hmm. and the square and square unit. Um stars. I really like star blocks. Yeah. I don't know, just something about them. I like the way they look. All different kinds of star blocks. Do you so just because flying geese have points, star blocks have points. Uh mm-hmm. did you find that I mean, getting perfect points and matching up points and things like that. I feel like to me, that was like something I struggled with in the beginning. And it's mm-hmm. even now it's still kind of hard. Is that something that you found intimidating at all? Or was it just, it kind of came natural? Well, yeah. In the beginning, I think it was intimidating. Like I was scared to start when I first did a furline geese block. I was like kind of nervous to even try it out. But then once I tried mm-hmm. it out, I was like, oh, this isn't that bad. Um, mm-hmm. you know, it looks a lot better than having a seam down the center. Um, right. you know, practice, uh, my first flying geese blocks looked all wonky and I didn't know what was going <laughs> on. And, you yes. know, after practice and you figure out ways to make them more straight and line up more correctly. I think trimming and, you know, just making sure all of your units are the correct size before sewing them together. I know some people yeah. just trimming up things like your half square triangles, trimming mm-hmm. them up so that they're the perfect size. It's going to make it go to bed together a lot better than if, you know, you just make those closest size you think you need them. <laughs> don't trim yeah. them up. 
um, Mm -hmm. it just goes together a lot better. Oh, absolutely. And especially, um, I mean, you might think, oh, it's, you know, a 16th of an inch, but it, it might be a 16th of an inch on all four sides on, I don't know, 20 half square triangles. Like that's going to add up to a lot. Yeah. So, uh, what is your, I guess, thoughts on squaring up blocks and how do you do it? And do you, do you feel you should always have to, or should you, should your goal be to not have to square up blocks? Well, your goal should be not to have to do it at all. Um, if you're measuring each unit before Mm -hmm. you have that finished square block, you know, it should all fit together like a puzzle. And if you're using that accurate scant fourth inch seam, it will end up the correct size. Um, And if you're making sure that your seams aren't trailing off at the ends of your pieces, because I know that's a lot of, that's a problem for a lot of people, making sure that's a consistent fourth inch scant seam all the way across your whole seam. It mm-hmm. can be perfect. Um, I still measure mine to make sure, um, but mm-hmm. you don't want to cuff, cut off those points. And um, I know some people feel like they have to square down their block, but if all of your blocks are ending up the same size, don't square them mm-hmm. up, you know, and it will square. Yeah. Do you just make adjustments then at the end if you're, you know, putting all those blocks into a certain border or something. Yes. So like if your block is supposed to end up 16 and a half inches, but they're all ending up 16 and a fourth, I would just leave them. Um, You could always make your mm-hmm. sashing and borders larger if you wanted a specific size quilt or just go with it, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Yeah. It's. I feel like there's a lot of little adjustments that you can make uh, that will sort of alleviate some headaches of redoing yes. something. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so those are sort of, you know, favorite blocks and things. Do you have a least favorite? I Not one that I've tried yet. Um, mm-hmm. I think when you're starting out, like when I started out making the half square triangles and started out making flying geese, it was a little tricky at first. But if you practice enough, I think you'll grow to love that block. Um, right. Yeah. I would like to try curves. <laughs> mm-hmm. I haven't tried that yet. Um, but that's one that I'm like a little nervous to try just cause. Well, but you have a little bit of a sewing background, right? Like you did yeah. sewing? Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. I started out as in garments, dresses, skirts. So it probably isn't that bad. I don't know why it seems intimidating. Maybe just cause it's different. Um, it's a great line. So yeah. I'm just, I'm picturing like. A curved block, say like a drunkard's path block or something, has two curved pieces, and I'm just like envisioning those pajama pants you made because you have, you know, that curved inseam that you have to sew. So just envision it to be a pair of pants. That's true. That's true. And because like oh. necklines are curved, and you have to sew yeah. it like that. So yeah. See, I'm trying to really talk you into curved piecing. So I feel like I as soon it. as we're done talking, like you're gonna want to go do some curved piecing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, no, not really. I got um, eventually. Eventually. Okay, perfect. Well, okay. If you're not going to go do some curve piecing right away, sort of what are you working on right now? What's either your project in, in the works or your next project you're sort of planning on starting? Um, right now I'm trying to finish up a, my lovely star garden quilt pattern. Um, mm-hmm. it's going to release on October 15th. So I have it tops all done. So I need to get it basted, which is my least favorite part of quilting. So I need to get it. But you have your spray based. <laughs> yes. Even though 
even though I love spray based, I hate basting. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I need to do All right. So you don't have a least favorite block, but you have a least favorite activity. Yes. All right. Yes. It's because I have to move my table and because I do my basting mm-hmm. in my um, dining room. So I have to move the table out of the way. And I um, I slack on all of that. And I, I send my quilts to a friend of mine who has a long arm machine. So I just I kind of, I bypass that. It is so much. Easier. And then sometimes if I'm, if I'm in a, like I have a quick deadline, she'll bind them for me too, which is perfect. Oh, wow. Cause that's not always a fun activity for me. It's a long so. activity too, you know. It's what? It's a long activity it too. Is. I hand bind mine off. Oh yes. It yeah. Takes a long well, time. you have lots of patience then. All right. So, um, what is your project, whether it's a quilt, whether it's something sewing from back in the day that you have been the most proud of, or that you were just either so excited once you finally finished it, or it just has been, you know, leaps and bounds, I guess, better than anything else you've made. I think probably the most proud of probably was just my kids twin size quilts Mm -hmm. Um, just so that like I feel like they have a hug my daughter calls hers her mama hug so when she's sleeping she needs her mama hug so finishing those and having those on their bed because it did take me a while to finish I think hers took me about a year just because I was making it in between other projects Mm -hmm. and my son's took a couple years because I kind of after my had my daughter I took like a year off. Yeah. <laughs> year off from the business, year off from sewing. Yeah. So once I got his finished, I was like, yay, it's done, finally done, you know. Perfect. Perfect. I think that's great. I think it's I think it's great when your projects that you you like so much, you see other people enjoying using them yes. as much. So like that even gives you more joy with it. Perfect. Um I want to ask you a couple questions about cuz you you said you are self-taught in terms of quilting and now you design patterns you mentioned you have a lot of patterns you're working on one now you have a lot of patterns you've done in the past but how did you get started in like taking that step from teaching yourself how to quilt and how to make something to actually then writing your own pattern well I've really most of my quilting since I started I just always designed my own pattern I never really used any other person's pattern um mm-hmm. so once I had posted a picture on Instagram and somebody's like, oh, do you have a pattern for that? I'm like, oh, that would be fun. I should try to make a pattern. And so it kind of just went from there. Um, uh-huh. I think that was like 2016. I started writing patterns and releasing them because I saw other people were doing that, uh, self-producing yeah. and um, publishing, self-publishing their patterns. So I'm like, I, mm-hmm. I could do that too. Might as well just try. Um, yeah. It's fun. <laughs> Well, it's perfect. And we're really at National Quilting Circle. We're really glad that you do that as well. Cause I know we have, we've benefited from several of your patterns. You've done challenges for us in the past. You're doing one for us right now. Um, and everybody loves your patterns. So one thing I think that's really, really great about them is that because you are self-taught and you have like sort of a way of looking at the pattern to make it the most understandable and easy, somebody who is just starting out can very easily follow your patterns like you don't have to be an advanced quilter so I think that's perfect yeah I think that that's one of my goals is to like be accessible to beginners so that's why Mm -hmm. a few of my testers are beginner quilters that way I can see okay can you understand this you are a beginner quilter um I've even a couple times asked my husband since he has knows nothing about sewing or quilting I'm like (laughs) sense to you like not knowing anything about it um 
would yeah. you be able to do that? And so like, he'll either tell me it doesn't make sense or um, help me reword it. So mm -hmm. I think that kind of helps um, having someone that doesn't know anything about it. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's that's totally perfect. I had never thought about it. I should do that. Make my husband do that right now. He's in charge of all my math. Usually, I make him check all my math because um, he is like a whiz and can just do it all in his head. But that's a good idea of seeing if like he can figure out, you know, the quilt pattern. Yeah, because then it kind of gives a different perspective. Someone that's like totally green and hasn't even yes tried quilting. Yeah, that's before. perfect. Do you know? It's just going to spring this on you, but off the top of your head, how many patterns you've done? Oh, is it I a bunch? Know. I think I might have like 15, maybe more, maybe more because I have a bunch of free ones mm -hmm. also on my site. I think I have like five free ones. Then I might have like, it's either 13 or 15 for purchase, I think. I don't know. <laughs> I could have looked. <laughs> well, I know. I just was going to spring that. I just I didn't know if it was something that I know some people, you know, I don't know, have like keep a tally of things. Yeah. I don't, I'm not good at keeping track of them. <laughs> I probably should. Do you have a favorite of the ones that you have designed? It's usually the one I just did is yeah. my favorite. <laughs> um, I don't know why. Um, I'm trying to think if I have a favorite overall. I don't know. My Bloomtastic one, that's one of my favorites. I gave that one to my sister, and maybe that's why it's one of my favorites too. Speaking of, so Bloom just makes me think of flowers. So when you're designing your patterns, um, I know a lot, a lot of times designers will work, say, specifically with a fabric company. And maybe if they have a new line coming out, use that. But how do you pick your fabrics for your, for your quilts and your designs? I'll, I recently have been doing a lot of um, solids. Mm -hmm. um, but sometimes I just go and scroll through on a fabric website and just see if there's a pretty floral or a pretty bundle that you know, I'm like, whoa, I want to use that. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes it's like, okay, this pattern needs um, solids. And so I'll go to my Kona cotton um, chart mm -hmm. and say, okay, I want these. Um, a lot of times scrolling on Instagram, I try to follow a lot of different fabric manufacturers and fabric designers on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And so I see a fabric line that they've came out with and I'm like, Ooh, I really want to work with that. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I'll try to design a pattern specifically for that fabric. Um, I haven't actually approached anyone and say, Hey, can I have some free new fabric? Yeah. Well, maybe they're listening now and maybe they will, but that was going to be my next question. That's a good idea. Do you, so you design your pattern first and then pick fabrics to match or you pick fabrics and design a pattern around them? Um, most of the time I design the pattern and I have like have a go-to um, color combo that I use. I don't know why. I just always use it. It's like um, purple, navy, teal. I just, I don't know why. I always, when I do my mock-ups, I do that. But then like I will go searching for fabric and then I'll change it in the pattern. Right. But usually it's, I think I design the pattern first. There's only been like, I think one or two that I designed specifically for the fabric. So it's got to be a certain special, specific fabric. Yes. <laughs> you got to speak to you. Perfect. Well, thank yeah. you so much for sharing your quilting stories, your quilting tips, your favorite and least favorite blocks and activities. I uh, really enjoyed having you on here. So thanks for being here. Well, thank you for having me. Of course. And I'm sure we'll, we'll talk to you again soon with some more fun quilting stories and tips. 